Welcome to Any Music Podcast, episode 309, Production and Producing. Any Music Podcast now has a Patreon at patreon.com slash indie underscore musiccast, and we invite you to become a member for exclusive benefits. For next to nothing per month, you can get members-only video, early access to upcoming episodes, merch, and more. This morning, Matt and I get together for coffee and discuss aspects of production, a definition of being a producer, and thoughts on independent artists taking on all of the production roles or delegating responsibilities for producing their music. Enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to the Indie Music Podcast, the podcast for independent musicians and other audio professionals. We're your hosts. I'm Matt Denton, also known as Mojo of Ragged Birds Music. I'm a Bay Area mix engineer and recording artist. And Douglas Reynolds of Resonance Mastering, a mastering engineer in Bloomington, Illinois. There you are. <laughs> my, my, uh, wipe, the, wipe the sleep from your eyes. Oh, seriously. <laughs> I am still waking up, kind of dehydrated and headachey. Is that a VU sweatshirt? No, it's just a, just a hoodie. I know I oh. should get one though. I wear sweatshirts all the time. I am I'm a just, sweatshirt. My cords fan. are all tangled here. Hang on. This is a sneak peek into the setup process before we start a podcast. Yeah, it's a little behind the scenes action. <laughs> Matt untangles his headphone cord, <laughs> turns down his mains. Oh. You know, I'm still laughing about last week. We talked about 45 minutes on preparing yourself and getting ready and how to get ready for the studio. And at the end of it, I found that I didn't hit record in my DAW. <laughs> yeah. Did everything else right. Except the one button. Oh, yeah. Hilarious. I thought it was. Well, it, it just was. goes to show that even after, you know, it doesn't matter how many times you've done something, you still need to you know, go through your checklist and make sure you've hit, yeah. all the, hit all the right notes. I mean, the irony of it all. <laughs> the irony you know? is perfect. <laughs> oh, by the way, I didn't hit record in our getting ready for studio recording <laughs> podcast. Well, it's a good thing that we, we do our Zoom audio backups. Yes, so. that only burned us once. How are you, man? As long we I was going to say, we haven't talked for a couple of days. And when that happens, I know that you're just overwhelmed <laughs> and busy. But no, it was, uh, it was a great week, actually. It ended on a real positive note. It was just heads down and um, the old uh, construction adage of asses and elbows, you know. Because <laughs> uh, that's, if you come up to the job site, that's all you see, you know, because people are working. <laughs> I haven't and, uh, heard that one. Is that a Midwest thing? <laughs> it must be. It's the only place I've ever heard oh, it. Oh, funny. But, but that was it. When, uh, when the foreman would be showing up, pulling up to the job to check on things, someone would yell out, asses and elbows, and everybody would get to work. That's, I'll have to remember <laughs> that. Yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a week here, too, but I don't want to go into any of that. Saying the sun is shining. It all, it, which all started out with forgetting to hit the record button. So yeah, it, it just went downhill from there. Cascaded from there. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, well, we're winging it today. We are winging it today. I mean, we Can have a topic. Of, we do. Well, we announced it last week. Remember you made, you made no. us announce it. Production. 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 We promised everybody we were going to talk about production, studio production. Talk. What about, what about production? What about production? <laughs> well, <laughs> I know, kind of open-ended, right? It's such a distant memory right now. 
Oh yeah, he had one. I, 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 I vaguely recall saying that. Oh, I'm glad you remembered. <laughs> you insisted that we keep it. I was like trying to wiggle out of that one. <laughs> but we made a we made a gentleman's agreement that we were going to talk about production today. All right. I have no idea what we're going to talk about in production, but um, is it uh, well? Since this is you know for the for the indie musician. independent independent musician and the uh, uh, and the home studio kind of you know in project studio uh, context, then maybe we talk about uh, you know processes of recording your your next indie single or something something like that i mean we can go anywhere with this but i mean i had some things in my mind and i was kind of wondering how to bring them up but um Um, in my give me something and i'll see if i can come up with a clever segue (laughs) it's too late we're already on it we're already on the topic (laughs) um people talk about i mean the word producer gets thrown around a lot and um it has a completely different meaning uh in the modern music era than it did in our day and and at a higher level it still means what i think it means here you think of producer these days as somebody who makes beats right you're you're a beat maker you make basically you make backing tracks in your daw for other people to like rap over that's kind of like those people call or 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 for sync you know maybe they don't maybe they can be instrumentals but that's what people use the term producer for a lot these days um to me a producer is the classical sense of somebody who is kind of like a project manager on a musical recording somebody who um oversees the project make sure that not only is everything getting done in time and properly but also makes has makes some musical suggestions so oh you know what this uh this this verses you know could be beefed up or needs an extra instrument here or you know what let's bring in a session musician i know a guy will bring in a session musician i mean to me that's to me that's what a producer does is somebody who kind of shepherds a music project along yeah yeah kind of a, a I see a producer as being an artistic director. There you go. Um, That's better than part a project of. manager. But I mean, I've heard I've heard from producers that say that their job is like 80% therapist, <laughs> you know, making yeah. sure that everybody gets along, um, smoothing over the rough patches of personalities. Um, I don't, I think that, you know, when people are working solo, that doesn't really necessarily apply. But uh, artistic director, I think, is a much better way to think of it. Yeah. And I think in the classical sense, you know, of that role, mm-hmm. um, the the producer was often, if not on the mixer board, working with the engineer closely, yes, as as well, you know, in uh, you know, in the well, probably in the recording, but in post production more so, you know, in the there's a lot of artistic options sure. in the mix in the mix process. Oh yeah, and you know, like a thousand and so, decisions to me. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so that producer role you know is integral in that decision making process right but even before the mixing process i mean a producer can be involved in the song creation and the arrangement sure. and uh, even like uh, making sure that the lyrics are 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 good i mean uh rick rubin kind of infamously i mean people don't want to name names but he infamous infamously uh said to adele when she, she brought him a uh a bunch of new songs he looks said I, I don't believe i don't believe that these are sincere i think you need to go back and write some more songs and uh, oh, really yeah and she did and that was uh some of the songs that were on her album 25 were ones that well, she wrote after uh rick rubin kind of said yeah i don't i think you need to write more from the heart these are not i don't i don't believe the stuff that you've come up with here 
Yeah. You know, and that's how valuable is that, you know, to have someone speaking really frankly, bluntly honest, right. you know? Well, that's kind of, that's one of the things that's been on my mind. And, um, you know, I work with a lot of independent musicians as, as I'm sure you do as well. And, um, a lot of indep independent musicians, uh, well, even if they're not one man bands, you know, they tend to write their own music. They tend to record their own music. They tend to produce their own music and oftentimes they want to mix their own music. And, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> When you ask everybody if they're a good driver, everybody says they're an excellent driver. And yet when you go out on the freeway, there's a bunch of idiots. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think that anybody can do everything well. And I think that it flies over the head of a lot of um, even kind of seasoned musicians that the people you hear on the radio, the pros, the, the, the ones who have the longevity, the ones who have the hits, the ones who have make all the money. They're not self-producing their records. Their label hires a big name producer to come in, write, help write their songs, help shepherd their projects. And, you know, Katy Perry's not producing her own records. You know, I think, right. I, I think that a lot of people kind of don't realize what, a, what an important role it is for somebody else to come in and make sure that, well, your, your vision is true to your vision, but it's also maybe uh, elevated beyond what what you can do alone yeah you know and i know a lot of people aspire to be able to take on all the hats and right. you know be be all the roles and i think in every instance it's budget driven sure there's there's like you know we've heard of the technology divide and uh, which is an economic situation mm -hmm. which divides people into different groups of who can afford technology Versus who can't, right. and uh, and I think we get into like a uh, musical artistic production divide mm -hmm. um, in that it's really driven by the uh, financial capabilities of the independent artists yes. on whether uh, you know how much they're going to take on themselves. Mm -hmm. And uh, in my experience, those who have begun to delegate some of the uh, uh, production aspects of the roles mm -hmm. um, have found themselves to be much happier in their production process because there's a whole load that's been taken off of their shoulders. There's a whole set of, of learning and capabilities that they don't have to be responsible for other than final approvals right. or or, you know, it, it's not that, that that those artists are taken out of the picture entirely. No, they're still completely involved in the process. It's just that someone else is actually doing the work and, and someone who specializes in that particular area, whether it be a mix engineer or mm -hmm. it, it be a, a writer, a songwriter. Yeah. You know, potentially it's an artist that is hiring someone to uh, write lyrics for them. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, there's there's a hundred things I could name off here, you know, through the through the whole process of creating music. Um, and I, I don't think it's realistic to think that you can really take it all on. We all need someone else. We need help, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and it, it's such a big job. You know, it's not just writing a lick and coming up with a song and, and, right. uh, and you know, there's, there's, that's just the very beginning. It's, uh, um, there's so much more. And, you know, in, in today's, uh, the technology and everything that's involved, it takes a great deal of learning and lots of different types of applications in order to, and I don't mean applications in the sense of programs. I mean, 
you know, applied yeah, yeah. Uh, areas. And uh, it, that is years and years of focus and training in all these different areas, you know, so. Right. Each one of those things basically is a full-time job, a songwriter, a, a, you know, a, a lyricist, a, a mixer, a producer, a, you know, session recordings. Each one of those could be a full-time job for somebody. But people yeah. often like try to wear all those hats. And I mean, unless you're Prince, <laughs> you're probably yeah. not going to do them all well. Um, and that's a guy who comes along once in a lifetime. After a number of years and 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 practice, you know, uh, obviously, yeah, oh, people, sure. it, you know, uh, Prince, it's not not to say that it's not doable. But w- what I am saying is that in my experience, I've, I've found that those who do are much happier. <laughs> Yeah, and, no, I know. It's like it's like when you get somebody to mow your lawn for you. Well, now that time is freed up for you to do something more interesting, and then you can go out and go. Yeah, the lawn looks good. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and uh, also the uh, with the end results and the uh, the expedite, expedited delivery mm-hmm. of of these things because because those who are practiced in those various roles do things faster. Sure. Uh, just because they are more practiced and mm-hmm. better at it basically yeah, you know exactly but um and so the song gets released it actually happens yes you know when you get you know and when you put a little bit of your own money into your own project and you are invested in it mm. you know i think it's more likely that you'll not give up on it. It, it it won't end up being a file that sits in a that's a good point too well but if you have somebody else i mean there's a bunch of factors the money thing is one but i've also seen people and I used to be this way initially, you know, very just kind of like holding on to everything's like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, dilute my artistic vision. I don't want to share this. Nobody understands me. I don't think anybody else can convey the things that I want to convey the way that, and I, and, uh, you know, maybe some of it is also like royalty sharing is a too confusing and complicated and B, you know, I don't want to give a, any part of my, my creation away, uh, publishing or, or otherwise. And, um, you know, that a lot of that is much ado about nothing because, you know, I mean, I've been releasing music for a decade and how much money have I made on my music? Not a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so that, all that fretting about royalty splits and, you know, who's getting what publishing, it's just, it's just, it, it, it's so much to do about nothing. But, um, yeah. I think maybe that mindset too, it could be, you know, reversed it, you know, potentially if the song were to be a hit, mm-hmm. you know. Um, as a result of the team, yeah, you know, and, and having a team mentality like that, you know, it would be, it'd be like kind of an honor to split that. You I know? would think so. And, I mean, but that's, a, maybe that's a maturity thing or an ego thing. I mean, I think there's a lot of factors at play, uh, not a little of which is, you know, the fear of the unknown. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if people, you know, is, is this, you know, somebody going to steal this? I mean, you, <laughs> I almost feel like you'd be lucky if somebody thought your stuff was interesting enough to, <laughs> to steal but um, yeah and then you know maybe that's the that's the mentality where this isn't worth investing in i'll do it myself the best that i can because nothing's ever going to come of it anyway so Mm -hmm. why put you know why invest in it for uh um you know hiring outside roles to uh to handle different places true i think that you know now that yeah that's a good point and i think that secretly in uh people's hearts sometimes is some of this is just excuses for the fear that they're not good enough. Like I don't, I like my stuff. I like, I secretly fear that it's not good enough. So I don't want to bring somebody else on to tell me that to my face. You know what I mean? 
Like if yeah. I keep it all myself and I do everything myself, then I can, I can say, well, this is as good as I could do rather than yeah. saying, uh, this could have been better with the help of somebody else. It's just a thought just, but yeah. And, and coming from a perspective of mastering, that's not my role yeah. to say, to, to say that it's not, that it's not good enough or something like that. There may be production aspects or things that I think can be improved on mm-hmm. that uh, I can give feedback on that are, um, maybe more technical in, uh, in the context of the mix mm-hmm. or something like that, you know, but whether or not it's uh, um, artistically good or something like that, that's, that's subjective. Sure. It would be my own opinion. And that doesn't really matter in that scope of someone else's artistic endeavor. Yeah. Cause you're getting handed finished tracks and, and they're saying, this is, this is what we have for you yeah. because it's the, the, the creation is done. And what you're doing is, is, you know, putting, you know, frosting on the cake or a frame on the painting and saying, here, I'm making this presentable to the world in the best fashion it can be. Yeah. I mean, something's come along and I, you know, where in the context of a song, I might be like, you know, in listening to this, the, um, I can't really hear the, the, the bass guitar. Like I, I think maybe you mm-hmm. want it to be heard, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, or, you know, I, I have had some ideas that I've shared and, and I, and provided some suggestions about dynamics in, in the song and how things build mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and do take a little bit of artistic risk in that sense of, I think this might be really cool. What do you think? Um, approach, but but yeah, whether or not it's an artistically viable, uh, you know, uh, piece of work, that's, that's really not for me to say. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking, um, yeah, I mean, I see a lot of busy arrangements. Um, I see a lot of like, like too many guitar tracks, for instance. Um, I see a lot of, you know, things that, you know, if I was in the studio with somebody, I'd say, maybe you could re-record that, or maybe we could try this or whatever, you know? And it's just, it's just kind of interesting to to watch things uh in the creation process and and you know i I feel sometimes like people people don't have enough of a feedback loop during the creation process i think is is ultimately what i'm what i'm trying to say and um i don't know if that's a resource problem or a, a fear problem or a blind spot but i think people could do with a lot more um if nothing else just checking in with a tight circle of other creators a uh, similar at, at a similar level or, or above is a hey what do you think of this arrangement what do you think of this rip what do you think of this song what do you think of this and and get actual feedback and not take it personally and take it as a constructive not constructive criticism but just just take it as, as constructive feedback yeah and, and yeah because there. there's there's that whole your baby is ugly thing you know <laughs> right. and I talked about that the other day <laughs> some babies are ugly hey i'm sorry they just you know, not every baby is cute yeah <laughs> but your baby will always be cute your, to you. Yeah, I think that that that's kind of what we're talking about. Your baby will always be cute to you, but it may be <laughs> objectively not that attractive. <laughs> you just don't know it. <laughs> and who's going to give you that feedback, right? Yeah, <laughs> Dude, your that, baby. It, a face that only a mother could love. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen an actual baby. Uh, yeah. Okay, that was so funny, I forgot. Um. Oh, I, I was too much of, thought of telling somebody that their baby is ugly. I forgot what I was going to say.
Well, anyway, you know, I think also that um, it's the feedback that we that we do give really depends on the role that we are in. Yes. And, you know, to your point of of trying to do it all yourself, then you're relying on on you to give yourself unobjective opinions about your own work, which is not really. Yeah. If not impossible. Right. Because, because, you know, in this type of, of work, you're emotionally invested in it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, so that's, that's a really hard thing to do. Like you said, um, when you get someone outside of that box that can look at it, um, from a different perspective, then I think that probably has more value, especially if it's someone that you trust, Mm -hmm. um, then you're to yourself, you know, it's, yeah, and I think I think the easiest way to give yourself feedback is to take a break from something. Like if you're done recording for the day, leave it, go do something else, come back the following day and listen to it again with like fresh ears. You're not you're you're in a different headspace, you're not in the same moment, and you can tell a little more objectively whether it was uh, a long, you know as as good as you thought it was or or fills your uh, you know meets your intention. Right. But intention I think is super important. So okay, so is your goal to be on the radio is your goal to be, you know, to make it big or is your goal to just, you know, release stuff on Bandcamp kind of for yourself. And if somebody likes it, then you're happy just with that. Those are two completely different ends of the spectrum. One, yeah. it doesn't really matter about your feedback loop. If it makes you happy, then you're done. The other one. Do you think that, do you think that's kind of like music as a hobby versus music as a, as a profession? Different yeah, yeah. I think, I think that that's a good summation because if it's a hobby, then it doesn't matter if anybody likes it or not. And if somebody does, then boom, feather in your cap. But if you yeah. want to do hobby, I mean, if you want to do music for a living and you expect other people to like it on a broader scale, then you really need to be making sure, uh, if nothing else through best practices and going, is my stuff as good and well arranged as the commercial stuff that I aspire to be like? And, right. and you have to be honest with yourself. Well, if you're if your guitar playing is not up to snuff, well, then you need to go back to the drawing board and learn to play your guitar better. You know what I mean? If your vocals are not up to snuff, take a year, take some vocal lessons, give yourself the time and and space to actually improve. I mean, if yeah. you think you're going to compete with people who've been singing since they were five years old then you need, you got to do some work, <laughs> you know, and that, and that's the, the, that's the time where current projects go somewhere to die, Yeah, you know, yeah, because it's not good enough. And then am I going to actually pick this project up uh, a year from now after I've taken vocal lessons and I'm going to come back and, and try to redo this? Is that, you know, I, I'm sure that that happens, but I, I think probably uh, less than you might, want to happen yeah yeah that's a good point um we were talking yesterday in the in the diy music chat about coming back from a hiatus and how do you get started again and and one of the things i said was a a great thing to do is a practice project that's basically you know do a cover song where you're not you know where you're rebuilding your workflow or your studio with a song that you kind of already know rather than complicating that further with an original song that could be anything and um the, the point that I, I, I feel could be added to what you just said is not everything you create has to be released. Some of it, some of it, it's inherent value is as practice, not as a finished product. True. And it can be just that. And, and that has its own value. Not everything has to see the light of day. I mean, you don't know how many projects or songs or, or, um, you know, rough drafts you're, you know, 
your favorite writer. You don't know how many rough drafts that person has in a drawer or whatever. You don't know how many things that were never brought to the light of day or how many songs uh, your favorite band brought to the studio and only picked nine for their last album. They may have brought 30 and maybe, you know, some of those just didn't make the cut. Or brought four and wrote five more (laughs) in the studio. Also that. (laughs) (laughs) If you got the money, hey. Um, But yeah, not everything needs to see the light of day, but um, bringing it back around to production, if you have a producer who can go through those unfinished things and say, hey, you know what, if you take this riff from this song and this verse from this song and put these together, I think we can write something new. That's something that somebody with a fresh perspective can bring to the table. Otherwise, yeah, you are just kind of like not competing against yourself, but if, if you're the one person with singular taste and singular vision, you may not be able to see, you know, the forest for the trees on some of your own half-finished projects. True. Yeah, so what is the, what is the, the thing that blocks you from, from finishing and releasing your music? And, uh, and do you have uh, projects that you think are actually practice or... Um, or is every project that you, you begin, is it something that you have intention to, uh, uh, you know, then to blossom into a complete production? Well, that's an excellent question. I, uh, from here, I can only speak from experience and I think that's what you're asking. I do, I do intend, I do start every project with the intention that it would be brought to full fruition. That doesn't mean they all get there. I have songs kicking around in my hard drive from, you know, 2007, 2009, um, songs that uh, some of them I still intend to bring them to light, and some of them I go back and listen to and go, "Wow, I really didn't know anything about anything back then." I guess that'll just be a you know an exercise. <laughs> I'll just leave it as that. But it it is interesting because you evolve as a person as well as a musician, and maybe some of the songs you wrote previously you just don't identify with anymore. And then what do you do? Th- what do you do then? Um, yeah, yeah. Sure. There's that. Uh, there's that. Uh, uh, that emotional time context where, mm-hmm. you know, after a certain amount of time that you just don't feel it anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, and so you're not emotionally vested in it like you used to be. Right. And so it just doesn't feel like I, I don't even really want to go back into that mindset. Maybe, you know, that was, uh, maybe that was a dark thing and, yeah. and you know, I'm not there anymore or something like that. No, that's, you know? that hits yeah. the nail on the head. I have, I have projects like that where I just like, you know what? I just, that that's, I'm not that the person that wrote that now and I can't, sing that sincerely or whatever yeah so that i mean that is an interesting one and and maybe you take that and you hand it to somebody else and say here here's a song i wrote you know run with it <laughs> and then you can be a yeah. co-writer yeah maybe it has value in that way you know if uh um, maybe you wrote a killer set of lyrics at the time mm-hmm. and you just had uh trouble uh bringing the music together with it you know potentially those lyrics have value and could uh, uh you know could be used um mm-hmm by another artist right. to incorporate into music that actually is like, Hey, this, this tune I wrote works great with these lyrics or maybe with just some modifications for, for rhythm and things like that. You know, those things could still have value if you put them out there. I know some people who are posting uh, their poems all the time mm-hmm. and uh, you know, which it's poems slash song lyrics. And uh, just to see if uh, anybody resonates with that, you know, oh, yeah, you know, in the music community. Right. Yeah, I think, I mean, there's forums for that and there's, you know, loosely affiliated groups like Facebook's groups and stuff. I, I think that from a feedback loop perspective and from a um, co-writing or, or handoff kind of perspective, 
I think that it kind of behooves artists to be close with other artists and have a circle of people that you trust um, that you can get feedback from and trade ideas with and um, help you get unstuck when you're stuck. And I think it's easier now than ever to find those people uh, online. And you don't have to be in a, you don't have to, you know, <laughs> you don't have to staple something to a telephone pole anymore. Hey, you know, looking for co-writers and take yeah. a number, call me, you know, just go on social media, hit a few hashtags and, and uh, show what people, you know, show them what you want and show them what you're about and you'll find your people. But I, I think yeah. it's important to have the, a circle, a small circle that you can have a, a mutual feedback loop. Yeah, definitely. And I think over time, you know, I know you and I have developed, we have lots of friends we've never met that, mm -hmm. um, that we, I know, I know we, we feel comfortable in bouncing things off of, of a lot of different people, Yeah, you know, and so it doesn't necessarily take, you know, face-to-face -face relationships in order to establish that it might just take some time, right? you know, and, and interaction and getting to know other people and having a few uh, direct messages and, and private conversations as well, um, you know, over a period of time to a point where you've got that, um, that kind of thing built that mm -hmm. is trust, I think, right. you know, and uh, where you go, Hey, what do you think of this? You know, and where you actually aren't afraid to ask and are willing to accept the feedback and trust that feedback from, uh, from the source that it's coming from. Yeah, trust is a, that's an excellent word because you can't take a half finished piece of music to a non-musician, you know, like a friend or family member and say, hey, what do you think of this? Because they're not going to get it. But you can take it to another musician who knows what a half finished song sounds like and what the potential might be and go, oh yeah, I, can, I see where you're going with that. Yeah. So what's, a, I'll share something that I have a hard time with, and that is song structure. Mm. And, um you know, and I think a lot of the stuff that I've written has shortcomings in how it's actually uh, structured in, you know, in uh, verse chorus uh, and how that, you know, how that's laid out bridge and things like that. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of that is because of just my lack of music training in writing songs mm -hmm. and, and how songs should be structured. But, but then, you know, sticking to some sort of pattern also never felt really good to me too. I wanted to flow how I feel it, you know, and <laughs> right. oftentimes that's not really to a structure uh, or, or it's a, it's a weird structure or something like that. And, but, and when sharing with other musicians, it's, it's like, well, that's, that's weird because it's, it's really hard to get the, uh, the drums uh, on this because it's, you know, it's not laying out yeah. in a, in a structural way or something like that. And so that's, uh, that, that's an area that I've had problems with. Do you have anything like that? Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's where, that's kind of what I was alluding to, uh, talking about, you know, the, the hobbyist versus the professional, like the band camp. I don't care if anybody likes this versus I want this to be, you know, appreciated by more people. There's, there's conventions and people don't like the, you know, some people don't like the, you know, the, what you would consider a formula or a structure because they feel like that's going to, you know, dilute their art or, or it's going to be put it in a box that it doesn't need to be in or something. But, you know, probably almost every song you've ever heard on the radio conforms to one structure or another, but it doesn't feel like it does. There's all, I mean, you could pick out the parts, but, you know, I mean, just like there's only 12 notes 
but all of the songs that we know come from those same 12 notes. There aren't that many different structures, but there's so many variations on those structures that each one kind of feels original, even when you can clearly pick out the intro, the verse, the pre-chorus, the chorus, the next verse, the, you know what I mean? You can yeah. pick those out, but that doesn't mean uh, Master of Puppets is ever going to be confused with Lady Gaga's poker face, but you can clearly <laughs> pick out the sections in each song. You know what I mean? So people do expect that because it, it helps that um, it not only helps the song journey, the emotional journey and the story journey, but it helps that tension and release of here comes the buildup. Here comes the payoff. We drop you back down and we build it up again. And then we go somewhere, take you on a journey somewhere else. And then we bring you back. And then we have a breakdown verse where you get ready for the big payoff and then let the bodies hit the floor. And then you're, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a journey there and there's a reason that those conventions exist. And, the, and it, I, I do think that they're important to not conform is not the right word. You don't want to conform to anything, but you, uh, I, I think that people have an expectation when they listen to a song that it's going to have a certain structure. Otherwise it's just confusing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Unless they, yeah. unless you're in a club and it's freeform jazz and you don't really care as long as it just kind of floats your boat, but that's that's not what most people are listening to. I don't. Yeah, that's probably why I gravitated towards the mastering. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I did, I did when I started out, and I was like, you know, doing like a song a month. I had a, I had an Excel spreadsheet that I was using to track the the different parts of each song so that i didn't repeat the same formula every time you know intro verse chorus and then i would do um chorus verse chorus you know and then i would i mean i i just wanted to make sure that i wasn't doing the same thing over and over again um so there are you there are definitely many many variations on a theme you can do without making them sound robotic and formulaic you will hear formulaic sounds on the radio i mean <laughs> you Top 40 uh, these days, all that dance-related stuff, very formulaic, uh, some of it. But again, everybody brings their own creativity to the table, their own experience, their own level of mastery to the table. And so everything sounds different, even if it fits in the box. Well, hey, everybody, I hope this episode resonated with you in some way, and and uh, uh, we'd love to have uh, uh, you Chime in and comment and, you know, connect with us and, uh, you know, discuss uh, anything that we're talking about in our podcasts or, or outside of that. Or if there's something that you'd like us to talk about, um, certainly let us know. Absolutely. We're always open to topic suggestions and feedback and comments and questions. Yeah. Yeah. Hit us up <laughs> but, anytime. <laughs> but thank you so much for joining us today as we talked about uh, producing and production and i you know this is going to be kind of a hard one to to put a title on i'll have to think about it for a few but yeah um <laughs> maybe it'll just be music production and song structure producers question mark i don't know <laughs> uh, <laughs> so anyway thanks so much for joining yeah. us thanks have, have a great, a great week, week everybody peace well that wraps up another episode of the indie music podcast Please like and subscribe, share with your friends, or just leave us a review on iTunes if you like what you've heard. Find our social links and episode guide at IndieMusicCast.com. Until next time, keep creating. <laughs>